Welcome to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. Here's your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. This is the podcast where we talk to leaders from all industries, all over the world, all walks of life, to hear what inspires them and how they reach their full potential, what practices, how they convert their beliefs into action. And we've got another guest, Kirsten, today that's really going to enlighten us on some of those practices. Yeah, and I'm so excited because these are my favorite conversations, you know, where it bridges between the spiritual the metaphysical and success. Like they don't have to be separate from each other. So I'm excited to have our conversation today. By way of introduction, I'm Mark Sensen. I'm president of Bioscience Bridge. We're a heart-centered brand consultancy. And I'm Kirsten Gouldy, and I'm the CEO of Pure IntelliKey. And I'm a professional coach, intuitive advisor, and I support both the bridge between the spiritual, metaphysical, and your professional life. And our third voice, our guest today, is Phil Palucha. Phil, can't wait to talk to you. So glad. Here's your host, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Welcome to IntelliKey Leadership Stories. Yours. That's right. We, we love our jobs, but you know what? This could be our favorite part of the job is where we get to talk to folks like you. Tell us oh, a little bit about what you're doing, Phil, and, and how you're applying conscious practices into your business. Yeah, do you know what? It's funny. As you were giving your introduction saying they don't have to be separate, I was thinking actually it's even stronger than that. They're not separate. They're 100% the same thing because I have conversations with people all the time and I'll get into my work, but I'm already going off on a run. It's, you know, the people who do well are the people who are connected with their essence. It's like they, they, you manifest the things that are supposed to be on your journey. If you don't even know what that essence is, if you're not connected with that, or if you're the type of person who's thinking, you know what, I'll meditate more, I'll do yoga, I'll eat healthier, I'll get a personal trainer when I achieve this level of financial success, like you're kidding yourself. Because I promise you, like the you you are now is the same you with money just enhanced. Like money just enhances what you are and what you're all about. So if you're a workaholic stress head that doesn't know when to switch off, like you're going to be that dude with money too. So you have to be the person that you want to become. And that includes both the, the balance on the business side and your personal life and also the spiritual stuff and making sure that you're connected and you're tapped into that higher source of energy, whatever you want to call that. So thank you. My little mini rant, I'll leave now. Um, <laughs> no, so um, Billionaires in Boxes is my business. We are an authority building entrepreneurial broadcast network, which is essentially just a really fancy way of saying we help business owners to find that stage and spotlight for their voice. We help them become media ready and help them to become the authority and influencer in their network. And we do that. Shock horror by um, relationship building, global networking and podcasting. So I've been podcasting for over 10 years now, over 10,000 hours of podcasting. I've grown and sold two sports podcast networks and now use it for business. It works exceedingly well. And I've been coaching it for the past five years to other business owners, which then leads me on to my passion project. I mean, not that I don't love billionaires in boxes. I adore billionaires in boxes. It's like, it's my favorite hobby and now it's my job. So it's the greatest brand name ever. Yeah. Thank you. I love <laughs> it. Who, it really... doesn't, who doesn't aspire to be a billionaire in a boxer? Yeah, just you know, walking just around. chilling in around in your boxes. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what we all want. And that's where it came from, actually, was, you know, when we got picked up by from our radio show to a TV show, they said, you need a name for the series. 
and everything I suggested they hated, like everything. So I got to the point that I just started joking about it. And I was like, how about billionaires in boxes? Because I'm growing my global empire from home and I rarely put on pants. <laughs> and it was like, that's it. That's the name of the show. That's but then the it, everybody started to know me as the billionaires in boxes guy. So we did a total rebrand on our service-based business and our coaching business. And now it's all under the billionaires in boxes brand, which I, I love because it's, it's cool. It encaptures that dream, but it also has my kind of wicked sense of humor <laughs> mixed in there as well. So and I it like couldn't that. be more timely in our all Zoom all day world. Where oh, brother! I'm, you I'm you only have to be everyone else. Just you don't have to be way. presentable from the chest up. <laughs> well, if you get a good static image, you don't need to have be presentable at any well, time. That, that's true. <laughs> but no, I'm I'm fully with you. But I, I love you know this has been a big part of my life for many years now because. I'm a big fan of, of global networking and sharing stories from people around the planet. And I'm a firm believer in you don't always have to reinvent the wheel. So it's, it's much more about leveling up by networking with the people who are that league above if you want. And, you know, great example of that would be if you want to speak at more keynote as a keynote speaker at more of your leading industry events, interview the current keynote speakers and event organizers on your podcast. It's pretty simple. You build a relationship with them. You're far more likely to be invited to speak at those things than just randomly picking you off LinkedIn and calling you saying, Hey, you want a paid speaking gig? Like that doesn't, you mean that that's doesn't not how it works. No, it's like, it's like television. It's like, Oh, you're so lucky. Like how did you end up getting on such and such a daytime show? How did you end up on Oprah? And people don't realize like every single person on that show was pitched there by their agent or their publicist, mm -hmm. like every single one. So if you're not pitching, you're already not in the race. So how can you expect to win it? Love it. Love it. So, so interesting. How did you get into this? I mean, it, it sounds like a lot of fun. It is. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So my podcasting journey and my podcasting for business journey start at, at two different places. So my podcasting journey started because I used to play uh, football, soccer to you guys, at a relatively high level. And then I kept getting injured. <laughs> I have a shin that's kind of like dried spaghetti. <laughs> so um, every time I went on the field, it was another six months recovering. Uh, and eventually somebody just said, yeah, this probably isn't going to be for you as a career. But I, I still love the sport. You know, I was, I was going off to university to study my, my surveying degree, but I didn't want to lose connection to sport. So it was about, this is just over 10 years ago, something like that. And sports podcasts, particularly fan-based content, was just starting to become a thing. So a friend of mine ran a sports podcast and was like, why do you come on? A, because like, you know another side of the game because you've been there, you've been at the academies, you've trained with these people Plus, I had some inside stories of some players back in the day that I trained with that had now gone on to, to do professional things. And, and see, I just love talking about it. So I got involved in the sports podcasting and very quickly realized that it was an, almost like a little hobby. Like people were paying money to do it. And I, I couldn't understand why we weren't getting paid to do this. So at the time, we had about 14, 15,000 listeners. And I was like, are you telling me we can't find anybody who wouldn't be interested in the data of you know, 14 to 15,000 predominantly men aged between the ages of 18 and 35 with disposable income who are interested in this football club. Like mm. nobody wants to advertise to those people. <laughs> and just that slight change of mindset led us to then getting paid per episode and which is what then led to me growing and selling two separate port sports podcasting networks. So I love podcasting. It was such a cool part of my life. And then what happened when I left the corporate world was I decided to, to set up on my own these two service-based businesses. 
yeah, rather naively, I kind of thought the phone's just going to ring. <laughs> you know, people know who I am. I'm going to win customers. And um, <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. Um, not even a little <laughs> bit. So I found myself in this position that it was like, okay, I don't want to cold call people because I hated it when people did that to me. I don't understand enough about social media marketing to go and become an influencer on there. And I don't have the budget to compete with pay-per-clicks and AdWords and all this kind of stuff with my larger competitors. So how do I win customers? So I thought, well, podcasting makes a lot of sense. I get to network with people. I get to work with people I resonate with and let's see where it goes. So the initial plan was interview the top 100 CEOs in my, in my industry of companies that I wanted to work with. And the intention actually was to record that content and then use that relationship to win tier two and tier three customers, if that makes sense. The people who kind of aspire to be like them. That didn't happen. We just won loads of my tier one clients and had to grow from just me to me plus 25 people full time globally because we had more work than we knew what to do with. And then I literally used it for everything. I've used it for winning keynote speaking gigs, uh, our radio shows, our television show. We've got our first movie coming up at the end of next year. You know, we get called by the news of different countries as a thought leader and expert in your industry and they call you for opinions and stuff. And it, it really changes how people approach you. Uh, and about five years ago, I realized that I could scale this. Like I could actually teach people to do this. Like I could show other people how to get a voice, how to be an authority, how to level up and keep leveling up until they're at the top of their industry, you know, how to become the go-to brand. So over 50 different sectors, 50 different locations, we've now made it work in. I love it. We get to cherry pick the people that we work with. And for me now, it's all about I mean, you mentioned the word fun. It has to be fun. Like if I resonate with you and I'm just as passionate about your success as you are, then we'll take you on as a client. Like if I don't- I mean, and, and Phil, that's the part of your story. You know, I, I can't tell you how many podcast coaches, podcast mm -hmm. training, you know, we're, we're relatively new at this. As mm -hmm. <laughs> Kirsten and I are the neophytes. So we, we, <laughs> we read about this stuff all the time. But yep. I got to tell you, everyone else wants to talk to me about pay-per-clicks and networking and leveraging my relationships. I've never liked to leverage relationships. I call that yep. a relationship. Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> and, and you're calling that fun. I, I got to ask you about that different mindset. Sure. Uh, you know, it sounds like a conscious leader approach. I mean, that not to overuse the word or apply it where it doesn't belong, but mm -hmm. you've taken a different mindset. At least it feels like that. For sure. Yeah. So for me, everything starts with mindset. And you know, I have, I have a beautiful wife. I have two young, beautiful children. Like uh, life is too short for me to be working mm -hmm. with people I don't want to work with. And I guess I also felt like I had a sense of responsibility with this as well, because podcasting has really changed my life. But you know, I'm not a scam artist. I'm a good person. And I, I make decisions, more decisions with my heart than I do with my head, because if it doesn't feel right, I won't do it. I'm the kind of guy that if I make a decision that affects somebody negatively, it keeps me up at night. So I have to be very sensible when it comes to business. And that includes who I empower with these tools. Because believe you me, we get contacted every single month by tens of people comfortably who I listen to what they do. And I'm just like, I really I don't feel comfortable giving you a platform. Like I, I don't like what you do. I don't like how you do business, you know, practically getting contacted by Ponzi schemes and pyramid schemes saying, Hey, listen, for everyone that signs up, we'll give you an affiliate of this. Just tell them it's good. And it's like, no, like no way there is no way. I mean, I even turned down um, a really big coach recently. Actually, I won't name him, but I was quite disappointed. He was going to be coming on the show. Uh, one of the people I'd met through a series of these personal development movies. So he's a name that, 
I reckon if you were to write down 10 names of professional development coaches, you'd both get him in your top 10. He, he asked, he contacted me and invest, asked whether he could come on the show. And I said, you know, I'd love to have that conversation. And then about two days before, I get a massive email off his publicist with all the list of questions that I can ask, all the list of questions that I can't ask. I can't deviate from how I word the questions. I have to read them as, and I, I just went back and I was like, I'm really sorry. This sounds a lot like he's interviewing himself with my mouth and I have no interest in that. Um, we either have an honest conversation or we don't have a conversation at all because my, my audience are used to authenticity and integrity and I'm not going to sell that out for somebody. But that runs through every bit of my business. I mean, the, the hardest thing for my team to learn when they first come on board is the fact that I say, I have to resonate with the person and if I don't, I'm not going to work with them. And then the next question they say is, well, if I have a client that wants to work with us, how do I know whether you're going to resonate with them or not? It's like, get them on the phone. We'll find out. <laughs> um, so that's fascinating because now you're really in my language. This is the language of the heart. This mm -hmm. is the language of integrity. And it's not always just about the money or the metrics, yet it always is about the metrics and the money. But yep. to your point, right? They're not, it's all one and the same. Mm -hmm. What cultivated that aspect of you? Because that's something we're needing to train the older generation in, mm. including myself. But the younger generation innately has it, mm. right? They're just not going to do it if it's not, doesn't have a larger purpose associated with it. You know what? I think it's um I think it goes back to knowledge is power, doesn't it? So the more you know the the better it is, right? But also the more you know, the more you realize that you don't know. <laughs> so mm -hmm. my grandmother was very influential for me. She was a very spiritual woman and she raised me for the first few years of my life and and everything about that woman was about improvement and knowledge and bettering yourself and I'm not talking about necessarily school academics here because I got kicked out of three schools. You know, my first formal qualification was my first degree. <laughs> so, um, so the school system failed me miserably. But I'm, I'm talking about always having a hunger to question why. Always want to know why. Always want to get under the bonnet of something. Never just take something at face value. Kind of turned me into a bit of a conspiracy theorist. Like every time the news says something, I'm like, why are they really telling me that? <laughs> well, what's the message behind the message? But that's been really helpful in business, that attitude. And actually, you know, I've been doing transcendental meditation since the age of 11. So I know that there are certain, there are certain behaviors that I can take and certain things that I do that can have me more kind of connected to that side of myself. And there are things that I can do that can really distance that connection and negativity and stress and dishonesty and all that kind of stuff really kind of pushes me away from it and, and makes it harder for me to, to really connect and, like when people feel guilty going to church, you know, I haven't been that good recently. I'm not going to go. It's kind of the same with meditating for me. It's like, you know, without trying to go too spiritual, because there may be some people listening to this who will be like, what the hell is this guy talking about? But like spirit oh, no, guides. You can, you can bring it. Bring but like it. Sp that's spirit my, guides. Into the right channel. <laughs> yeah. yeah no, but like, <laughs> like spirit guides and that kind of stuff. Like I, if I've done something that's I'm not happy with in myself or I've made a decision that actually I made more of my head and less of my heart. I genuinely worry about going and having that conversation um, and meditation with spirit guide. Cause I know I'm going to get my butt handed to me when I get over to the other side. Um, so everything I do is focused around, you know, your vibe attracts your tribe, right? So I keep my, my vibrations high and I work with people who, who resonate at the same level and, 
try as much as possible to empower the empowerers. Like you'll see on my website, which we talk about empowering a billion, uh, a billion entrepreneurs. Well, I'm only going to do that by empowering other people. I'm personally not going to empower 1 billion people. I'm going to empower the other people who go on to empower other people who go on to empower other people. And there's a massive responsibility with that. Cause if you, if, you know, you want to look at it and I'm at the top of the tree, handing this out, this family tree, I'm going to want to make sure that the people that this goes to deserve it and are going to use it in the right way. And because the reality is all of this tactics and strategies and things that we use could get somebody who is less creditable to be seen as the authority in the, their industry just as well as it would for a person who is credible and deserves to be there. Great point. Interesting. And as you're discussing this, mm. we were, Mark and I have been in conversations with many global leaders and we're talking about that change, that shift. Mm from how companies have been run. There's a lot more entrepreneurs today because they're mm -hmm. just unwilling to do it. And yep. really is an unwillingness to do it, right? That it being put into a box and sit in a desk from eight to five. How do you find the organizations that you're coaching and building up? What's the receptivity to, because you know, I'll use the word intuition, what you're describing, if mm -hmm. they fit with me, if they don't, right? That's an intuitive concept that you're speaking sure. of. How are, how are those companies doing? Are they successful? Is it, are, are they resonating? That was your word. Yeah, resonating. resonating. Everybody who works with us resonates with the message on some level or another. Otherwise, we wouldn't be working together. But what I would say is there are some who we will much more openly have the spiritual side of the conversation with as well. You know, they'll hear me talk about things like building from your essence and working from your essence and falling back in love with your business and knowing your why and all that kind of stuff. Now, for some business owners, that's, that could just be something as simple as take the dog for a walk and think about it quietly or go and journal somewhere and that helps them to connect. For other people that has genuinely been having conversations about doing guided meditations and, and things of that nature and talking to people you, know, you, you meet people where they're at, don't you? So some people will be quite happy to talk to me about the universe. Other people want to talk to me about God. Other people want to talk to me about how they're going to connect to Jesus. Other people say that they're not religious at all. They don't know what to think. And they want to take the much more pragmatic approach. You have to meet people where they're at. I don't know the answers. Like I'm, you know, I might, and I might be good at this business for podcasting stuff. In fact, I'm really good at the business <laughs> for podcasting stuff. But like, I don't know the meaning of life and what happens in the universe and all this kind of stuff. Like uh, there are much wiser people than me that, that know far more than I do. And even they still don't have all the answers yet. What I know is that there are two things that happen when you make a decision. There is that gut feeling that we've all experienced. And then there's the making the logical decision. And a great example of that is, and I'm sure we can all relate to this one, you know, it's the knowing in your gut that you shouldn't be doing the job you're doing or working for that company. But yet your head tells you now's not a good time to be looking for a new job. You know, it's nearly Christmas. Um, you know, there's not many new jobs around. Maybe we should wait till the new year. And oh, I tell you what, let's wait till April because then there'll be a new financial year. And then you get your bonus and you're okay with it for a few months. And now you're thinking about your summer holiday. Again, before you know it, we've spent six to eight more months in a company that we knew was wrong for us. Mm -hmm. my re training often revolves around paying more attention to, to that intuition, paying more attention to that gut feeling because it's trying to tell you something. Mm -hmm. And you know, the amount of times I have conversations with people and there's an element of, I'm delighted we've just got to this solution, but I'm also kicking myself because I thought about this six to eight months ago and didn't take any action. 
so that you knew it. Like I'm not telling you something you don't already know, but this is how businesses get lost because they try and make loads of decisions logically. You start a business for a heartfelt reason and then you lose that somewhere along the line and now you're busy worrying about employing people and you're worried about keeping clients and retaining clients and winning new clients and we've got all these salaries to pay and office rents to, you know, office bills to pay, etc. And this is the m- most common thing I hear from business owners is I'm so busy dealing with the day to day. I don't get time to focus on growth. Well, exactly. And Phil, you've also, as you described this individual, you know, in a job they're not happy with and putting off mm. a decision, but you also named other scenarios, you know, mm-hmm. the entrepreneur or the manager, the head of the company who says, I'm carrying a person that's not contributing to either our finance or our vibration, yep. but I'm, I'm too scared to let them go because mm-hmm. you know, they have a relationship with our largest customer, whatever. Definitely. I'm in a location that is not right for our business. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not getting anything out of this location, but I'm scared to jettison it. We're working with a client cool. that is you know, antagonistic, that is confronting, that is disrespectful to our people, but I can't fire them because they're paying the light bill. Mm -hmm. I mean, look at all those decisions that we're making with the head instead of the heart, just as you described. Massively. But, you know, if you think about like, um, think about the universe as like a giant mirror or even God kind of learning what you're prepared to accept. Like if you're putting out to the universe that you're just going to tolerate all of those things, you're just going to attract more of them. Well, exactly. Um, Whereas, you know, the, the, the very first time that you, you fire a client, like many people will be listening to that going, what does that mean? But like the very first time you fire a client because they're not at the right vibration and actually they're holding you back, you will be released. You'll be so free from that. You know, um, I had a client the other week actually who called me and he was like, I'm really upset and stressed out today. And I was like, okay, what happened? He's like, one of my biggest clients has just pulled the plug. And I was like, okay. And I said, what happened? They said, well, they're just trying to save money, but like, they're not even like they're a good client. They're a massive headache for me, but they pay good money. So now I've got this. And I was like, well, you just said you don't even like them. So if this is about working with somebody who is bringing you down and lowering your vibration and causing you loads of stress, they've just done you a huge favor because now you can go and find people who do respect you and do you know validate what you do and are you know, loving your service and loving your business and they're going to pay you the money instead. You know, the thing about the the financial aspect of business, I mean, it's people often aim for the money, right? And I, and the reason I want to share this is because I've made both of these decisions and I made the wrong way and I've now found the right way. Now, I had this financial goal in my mind and I was like, okay, once we hit this financial target, like then I'll work less, <laughs> then I'll take more time off with my family, then I'll do my yoga, then I'll meditate, I'll eat healthier, I'll stop having six cans of Coke to keep me awake throughout the day, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then we, you know, so it was this million dollar target for the coaching business. And it was like, once we achieve that, I'll be fine. Well, I got there and I was like crawling over on my hands and knees on the finish line. Uh, I was 25 kgs heavier than I am now. I've never been so unhappy and so unhealthy in my whole life. Like I was miserable and and nothing felt any different. In fact, if anything, I felt low because I thought I was going to feel something great and it just didn't happen. So when I stopped targeting the financial and instead I started targeting the feeling. So I describe it as the feeling of the destination. So, okay, you say you want to make $10 million. Why? What will you do when you have $10 million? Where will you live? What lifestyle will you have? What do you fill your day with? You know, do you go play golf? Do you go down the golf driving range? Do you go see your friends for lunch? Like, what is it you're going to do? Mm-hmm. 
because there's two reasons you need to know that. Number one, you need to connect with the feeling of that. Otherwise, you're not going to know when you get there. Plus, you're not going to be able to use it as a barometer to say, am I on track? Am I not on track? Because you need to feel that. If you don't know what it feels like, you have no idea what you're looking for. The second reason that you need to pay attention to that is there are little things that you can start to do in your day. Number one would be rejecting clients that don't fit that criteria and don't make you feel that way and employees and everything else for that matter. But it's also the opposite of that. So if in your fantasy, in your daydream, you go out for lunch two or three times a week with your friends, start going out to lunch two or three times a week with your friends. If it's taking Mm -hmm. your dog for a walk down this amazing beach, even if you have to drive out of your way for half an hour, 60 minutes to get to the really nice beach, go and do it. Take your dog for a walk there. Start feeling what that's going to feel like. And honestly, the universe just does the rest for you. So good. Very well Well, Phil, we could continue this conversation. And you know what? I have a sense that we should. So mm. we're going to find another date and time. And we're going to continue this and, and take it down this road. We'll start where we, we are right now. I would mm-hmm. love to pick up on the, here's the decisions you make of what you're not going to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Here's how you make the decisions of what you are going to do. Because we have so many listeners, friends, colleagues that come to that fork in the road mm-hmm. every day. You've described, Kirsten always laughs at me because I always have that fork in the road question in mind. Like, where did that come from for you? But you've described about 10 different Mm. instances where it's like, well, it was my weight or, well, it was this client or, well, that was this business situation where every one of these decisions requires an active choice Yes, to go towards your entelechy rather than avoid it or rather than say, I'm comfortable where I am now. Oh, I embrace it wholeheartedly. Like my, I have a a thing that I do, which I call trying on feelings, which is essentially where I meditate and then run through different outcomes of scenarios that I'm facing, you know, in my mind, things that I want to do. And I see how it feels. And I go with the one that feels best, which drives people nuts around me because then they, they try and argue logic with me. And it's like, well, we need this. And what about this? And what about this? And I just go, nope, that's it, finished. Like, I've, I've made a decision. This is what we're doing. This is the direction we're going. And it's because it feels right. Yeah. Well, how can our listeners connect with you and read more about what you're doing and uh, sure thing. follow along with you? Definitely check out billionairesinboxers.com. Uh, and I also have quite an unusual sounding surname. So if you were to search Phil Pelucha, which is P-E-L-U-C-H-A on Google, you will find all of my social media platforms. Feel free to come say hi. Whether you agree, whether you think I'm nuts, I always like meeting people. So come say hey. <laughs> that sounds great. Well, Kirsten, what a great episode, huh? I'm, in, yeah, I'm inspired to make some different choices. Yes, fantastic conversation. Well, thanks, Thank listeners, you. for stopping by. Phil, can't thank you enough. Our guest has been Phil Paluccia from the UK. Good luck to you and all your endeavors. And listeners, good luck to you as you pursue your full potential, your soul's purpose, your IntelliKey, both in your business and in your life. You've been listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories with your hosts, Kirsten Gouldy and Mark Stenson. Connect with us on LinkedIn or visit our websites, www.pureintelliKey.com and www.mark-stenson.com. Thanks for listening to IntelliKey Leadership Stories.